to the City of Crystal podcast, a look at the issues and initiatives regarding the City of Crystal, a fully developed first-tier suburban community just west of Minneapolis. It's voice test, one, two, three. One, two, three. All right, here we go. All right, welcome to our second podcast from the City of Crystal. Uh, we have with us today Nancy LaRoche. I am Nancy. I am representing Section 1 in Crystal, which is Wards 1 and 2, basically Southern half. Nancy is also our Economic Development Authority Board President. President, yep. And John Sutter, he is our Community Development Director. So uh, today's topic is going to be the big picture of our residential housing. And we're going to talk about kind of what what our thoughts from uh, a council perspective are, as well as um, what John's thoughts are. From my perspective, residential housing is probably the biggest strength. It's probably our biggest asset in Crystal. We have more single-family homes than anything else, whether it be commercial, retail, you name it. And that's our, that's our main tax base. And not to mention it's our neighborhoods, it's where we live, and we kind of like the way our neighborhoods feel. You know, it's not just my opinion, but the rest of the councils and even past council members wanted to preserve that. Yes. And um, that's kind of what we've done, but we've also seen a lot of changes. Right. Uh, You know, I think when we deal with the Met Council, the Met Council is one of our governing authorities that help us to plan into the future. Uh, They've kind of wanted us to step up uh, how many people live in Crystal, and they've been doing that in all the communities. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to be able to do that in such a way where we didn't have to take one or two blocks of our neighborhoods and raise them, tear them down, and then put up big four-story buildings and changing kind of the character of our of our community. We wanted to maintain what we had, but yet still kind of honor the spirit of increasing number of residents. So that's, that's what we're going to talk about today. Single-family homes are in demand. Yes. We need to do that expansion. So does that fit kind of what you think the council's... I would think so, and also just based on the um, residential surveys that we've had over the three years that I've been on the council and things that I've seen on social media, such as Light of Crystal's Facebook page, a lot of people have lived here for a long time, multi-generations. They love the neighborhood feel, and I know that um, from people that I've talked to, it's something that we would love to preserve. So one thing I wanted to chime in here on that is is people are not only love their neighborhoods and love their homes, but uh, they are reinvesting in their homes. And that's important mm, great. for the listeners out there to understand that the, the city does have various home improvement grant and loan programs to try to encourage people to do that. Uh, and it really helps to preserve those neighborhoods and uh, the existing housing stock that we have. You know, Crystal was mostly developed in a 25-year period from 1945 to 1970. By 1970, we were almost fully developed. And that means that things in our homes are uh, wearing out kind of all around the same time. And so the the current uh, council and EDA and and past as well have uh, made a commitment to encouraging people to uh, fix up their homes, to preserve those homes. One way to think about it is while new construction gets all the news, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The vast majority of what's here 50 years from now is already here today. And we all need to remember that when thinking about change. And there are lots of different ways that change can happen. And uh, and I think we'll talk about that a little bit later in the podcast. Well, we can jump right into it. Uh, We had some changes uh, in some of our policies. ADUs, accessory dwelling units, that was kind of a big deal. 
we were able to change it so that you can have multi, well, different residents. You can have like a mother-in-law apartment mm-hmm. at, at your regular residence, and it can be detached, it can be attached, it can be above a garage, and, you know, kind of like a Fonzie apartment above a garage. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's doable. And then, again, it was, it was designed to kind of increase the density a little bit without doing it a block at a time. And since we've done that, we've what effect two. have we had? Yeah, so it's only been a little over a year, and so far we've had two accessory dwelling units added. And again, this is a cumulative effect over time, so it's very gradual. But one of them was a brand new home, a family, uh, they had a house in Crystal, and they tore it down and built a brand new home and included an accessory dwelling unit, a basement apartment for a family member. And then at whatever point in their life when they decide to sell that property, now there's a second unit in a way that um, you'd never know it from looking from the street um, that there's a, there's another unit on the property. And so that's an example of how uh, accessory dwelling units can create more housing because as a region we desperately need more housing of all kinds in all places. And this is a way to allow that to happen gradually over time as individual property owners' preferences determine they want to have that. And um, we'll have to wait and see because it is a gradual process Mm -hmm. and it's not something we can dictate, but we have cleared a path for that. Crystal has gone from prohibiting all accessory dwelling units to uh, having one of the most liberal uh, regulations of accessory dwelling units in, in anywhere in the Twin Cities. And that's quite a, quite a shift, and um, we are happy to see that the market's starting to respond. Uh, just to interject, I know when I first got on the council, we were talking about we had the ADU, or accessory dwelling unit, discussion, and the state law or the state legislature had passed something that they wanted to be kind of a universal state policy, and we we said, no, we need to customize it for Crystal, which turned out to be a great thing. I think it was a recommended policy, right? It wasn't a... Yeah, that was the cities could opt out. Yes. Um, and we had to opt out by a certain date, but that I... That was very narrow. Yes. That was in relationship to uh, elder care, more or less? That was how it, it was sold, but mm-hmm. I, it was... It was almost like it was written for a specific manufacturer of a specific type of portable temporary Ah, dwelling unit. Okay. And they got the legislature to write this into law. And most cities, almost all cities, at least in the metro, opted out Mm -hmm. for the same reason we did, which is we need to come up with with our own rules that make sense for us. And then that's what we did. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that first instance where they actually tore down their house and rebuilt a new one, that one was really cool because... At the time we were talking about this, they were actively looking throughout the, the cities as to where they could do an ADU, and they were planning on taking off, moving out of Crystal. And I think as they were getting near on the trigger, John, you had conversations with them and said, look, you might want to pay attention to what the council's talking about. Just hold on if, if you're interested. They did, and that's, that was our first one. So that was kind of fun to see that it benefited somebody who would have had to leave our community to do what they wanted to do with their own property, which I think Absolutely. is Absolutely, and the house really looks cool. wonderful, too. It's yeah. great. Like, and I, to your point, too, when you look at it from the front, you wouldn't know. It, right. It blends in beautifully with the neighborhood. That is one of the advantages of being a small city is that we can be more responsive and more accessible to people. Right, right. and that, was, that came from an initiative from the council to be more responsive probably about six years ago. Mm-hmm. And... Boy, you wouldn't believe the changes we've seen between council members and staff, how more responsive they are. Yes. Um, But back to ADUs real quick. Uh, From my perspective, my background is uh, rental real estate. 
I've got a considerable amount of experience with that. There are houses in Crystal that exist that have had basement apartments. Mm-hmm. And eight years ago, we were on the verge of telling them, you know what, after this tenant is done, no more. And passing this rule allowed some of those to exist that existed already. So I think that's really cool mm-hmm. that we did have some in our city. And we really can't quantify that, that do now exist legally as opposed to in the gray area. That's something that we really can't count. Yeah. I like the versatility, too, that it's not locked into a certain type of family right. member. It can be whatever that purpose would be. If it's a family member or a close family member, a relative... Um, it may be a friend or a friendship, too. It doesn't have to be right. Um, right. a senior, per se. Yeah, that is the yeah. beauty of ADUs is that once they're built, often they're built because of, of a specific family need. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, of course, as those circumstances change, they, they're still there. And when that property is sold or going forward over the years, you now have this additional housing unit that, again, as a region, the Twin Cities desperately needs. Yes, agreed. And affordable, too. Well, it's affordable, yes. The the ADUs oftentimes the way proposed is you have to create a like a complete separate dwelling, new new water lines, new plumbing lines, sewer, that sort of thing. The way we wrote ours is to make it very affordable so that existing lines can be used, whether it be water, sewer. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think I think we really outdid ourselves on that one. Yes, that was a great <laughs> thing. I, fantastic and and forward thinking as well. So that's not the only thing we've done around here. The new Unified Development Code, can you tell people what that is? So we, we took our old, we had several ordinances, subdivision governing the, the uh, subdivision of land, zoning, signage, a whole laundry list of ordinances, and we rolled them into one code that's uh, easier to follow, easier to find things, a lot smaller than in terms of just a number of pages right. <laughs> in the uh, combination of all the old codes. And, and then th- that's more of the formatting side, though. Then there was also the regulatory side. We took a look at all the different regulations that had accumulated over the many decades of crystal zoning ordinances, revisions, and so forth, and asked the question, does this regulation make sense? What is the purpose of regulating this, of doing this? And one of the things we did is we looked at the way preferences are changing in the marketplace. People are willing to build a new home on a, on a narrower lot. Home designs have changed. People's mm-hmm. lifestyles have changed. Not everybody's, but enough are changing that builders and the market are responding. And so one of the things we did is we reduced our minimum lot width from 60 to 50 feet. And again, within just a year, we had a lot split where two brand new homes were created on a lot that in the past would not have allowed more than one. Those, our homes are both sold um, and they're going to be two new families in Crystal because of that. So uh, that, that's an example of how the market is responding to the way we've changed our rules and uh, to try to not be where we were 30 or 40 years ago. Right. So that happens on, I would guess, natural market But it also happens within our EDA, the Economic Development Authority. When we have lots that we sell, uh, if we have a large enough one, we can actually sell, turn them into two and sell two. So it benefits the city as well. That's something that was kind of unintended, but I think, have we done that yet? From the, from the EDA perspective? Uh, the EDA has not in since the code change, but we had done that with larger lots. It's just that now, with the code change, mm-hmm. the lots don't have to be quite as big as they used to. Okay. Um, just in the last five years, in terms of scattered site development generally, there have been 62 new homes built in Crystal. 33 of those were on lots that the city 
or its economic development authority sold, and 29 of them were in two privately initiated developments on infill sites. So the market is responding. People do want to build new homes here uh, and live here, um, but again, it's just it's a question of how much land do we have, and our, our new UDC regulations help to make more land available for development within the city. Yeah, I think there's also another part in there that talks about community living. A lot of these things in the UDC have become less restrictive, allowing more things to happen You know, within mm-hmm. a dwelling unit. You can have a place where you have a group of people, whether church ladies you know, moving in together near a mm-hmm. church or whether it's more related to an interest or something. They can have some community living with, which used to con- conflict with a lot of our regulations right. in the past. So that was kind of a big thing that we went through. I, we had some conversations with some people at the University of Minnesota. They came in and kind of said, look, this is how people are choosing to live, but we're not allowing that. So a big part of that is the regulation piece that we're getting right, I think. I think I we're agree. able to really regulate the right things and you know, allow people to do a little bit more with their property that they want. So we are a fully developed city, and mm-hmm. we have to kind of lounge for the, wherever <laughs> we want to do this, and that's kind of why we've done it. Yeah, changed some of these, made some of these changes. But we're going to start seeing probably some, some of that missing middle. Can you tell people what the missing middle is, John? Well, you know, there's the the single family stuff that we've been talking about with accessory dwelling units and so on. But then the other end of the spectrum is the you know the big stereotypical four or five story apartment building. The missing middle is a term that developers use, people in the industry use to talk about the kind of smaller apartment buildings that used to be built all over the place, Mm -hmm. but haven't for many, many years or decades. And they do fill a housing need. Not everybody wants to live in a house, but not everybody wants to live in a big complex. Some people want to live in a smaller apartment building. And so we think that um, the missing middle, if we can find some of these small infill sites that aren't big enough for a really large development, but but are bigger than is needed for a single-family home and are well-located, say, along a road with good transit service or Mm -hmm. other infrastructure, that it might make sense to allow a a small apartment building on some of those sites if it's it's the right location. And so that's something we've started looking at uh, more recently. We have some of these small sites that, uh, frankly, just don't make sense for anything else. Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, we are going to be doing some direct outreach to builders who build this kind of product in other places and see if they're interested in doing something. That's really cool. Yeah, it's, we're able to do a lot more, more than what we used to be able to do. We've got to kind of wind up here, but can you talk a little bit about one of these stats that you brought in relationship to vacancies? I yeah. think yes. that is really an interesting stat for our community. So, um, you know, we all know what happened or generally what happened with the housing crash and the bubble that occurred before it. Just to illustrate how much in demand the kind of relatively affordable housing that Crystal has, you know, our single-family homes especially, compared to other metro area suburbs. Even during the depths of the crash, when our foreclosed homes were peaking, our vacant homes were peaking, Crystal's vacancy rate in terms of percentage of all of our housing units never got above 5% even when we had all those foreclosed homes vacant. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and most people in the industry will tell you 5% is considered a balanced market, 
right? Anything above that is maybe you've got too many empty units, but 5% is considered a decently balanced market. We never even got to that as a vacancy rose because of the crash. Mm-hmm. And since 2010, that was in 2010, okay? Since 2010, uh, most recent data we have for 2018, our vacancy rate was under 2.5%. Now, if a balanced market is 5%, what that means is there is a, a, a very significant housing shortage. And this isn't unique to Crystal. It's throughout the Twin Cities metro area. But it just illustrates how much demand there is for housing. And that is one of the reasons that we are trying everything we can to allow the market to respond to the need for more housing in our community and throughout the metro. Mm-hmm. Right. So that, that's a little bit of what we're doing in residential. I mean, we didn't cover everything exhaustively. And it was just residential housing, just single-family houses and apartments and what have you. We didn't talk at all about our commercial. We didn't talk about what we're doing there. We've made a lot of changes in there. In mm-hmm. fact, if, if you're willing, we'd love to have you back on another podcast to, to kind of go over and see some of these changes because I think we're going to start seeing our commercial districts changing dramatically be happy to. Okay. There's a little bit more on that. In terms of the bar commercial area, it's just as developed as our single-family homes. Right. So our growth pattern, we have to be creative. And the way I think we're going to end up being creative in those areas is probably building up. That's yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Um, but the codes that we've, we've brought in that we'll, we'll talk about more next time help the commercial landowners to mm-hmm. redevelop if they want to actually have more value in their property. It's, it's kind of like it's not much different than the residential. You know, we add value by allowing them to do more things than they had in the past. We're doing the same thing in commercial. Exactly. And I wanted to touch on the Economic Development Authority that um, the council are all members of. And we take tours fairly often. Over the winter, we took tours of several apartment buildings in neighboring cities to see what's out there. Based on affordability, we, we went through the whole spectrum. We went to the luxury all the way down to working. What is, what is the term for that? Working workforce housing. Workforce housing. housing. Right. Yep. And they were beautiful. I mean, you would, you would walk into these apartments and not, you know, they're not like the apartments of old. Right. <laughs> uh, very, they're stylish, functional, but a big community feeling in all of them, I noticed. Uh, but to see what the possibilities are here in Crystal. And building up doesn't mean... We're always going to go skyscraper or four or five stories it, where it makes sense, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think it's important to think about um, our main commercial areas as you know, distinct from the adjacent single-family neighborhoods. Yes. When we talk about the larger buildings, that would occur because of redevelopment of existing commercial properties that maybe have reached the end of their useful life. And I'm not going to go in, in this podcast right. on what's <laughs> happening in the retail world, yeah. um, but that weakness will eventually come to crystal, even though it really isn't here yet. And uh, at some point, there's going to be some land uh, that is going to be needing to be put to a different use. And if there is going to be a place in Crystal for uh, high-density housing, lar- larger blocks of buildings, it would be not in our neighborhoods, uh, but in our main commercial area as those areas change with the market. Yeah. That, bingo. That's right on. That's our transition to the next time we meet. Uh, that was the big residential picture. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for our guests, John and Nancy. And we'll see you next time. 